About 10 years ago, we realized we were all going to have, we were going to have tall children. No surprise. <laughs> and then they started, you know, getting into more competitive sports and they were all baby giraffes. Just like, it was like the head and the back and just didn't work together. And so Charlie became very determined to put, get them stronger, put muscle on them. So we got the creatine, we got the bulk builder shakes, started lifting weights, you know, all the things. We were going to get physically strong. Well, I wanted to make sure that they were emotionally strong. So, I mean, they, they got in therapy early. <laughs> Play therapy when they were just little kids. And if there was ever anything, I wanted to make sure they were emotionally strong because I wanted them to be resilient and courageous. Today, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about a new type of strength as he closes out his letter, and it's going to have nothing to do with what we put inside of our bodies or who we talk to and trying to work through our stuff. It's going to be about a new type of strength. As we prepare to hear God's word, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for the presence of your spirit. We thank you for all that are gathered here to lead, to listen, and to participate in worshiping you. And we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, that they might be pleasing to you, for you are our rock, our cornerstone, our redeemer. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Here now from the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, this is kind of Paul's going out statements. And he begins with, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on the evil day and having prevailed against everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and belt your waist with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness and lace up your sandals in preparation for the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times when every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We, we can assume that when, when Paul was writing this to the Ephesians that he was in prison, and the way he, if he was to be in prison, it wouldn't have been anything like our prisons nowadays. He, he would have had access to outsiders and they could have brought him in papers. They could have brought him in scriptures. They could have brought him in food. And, and so I picture that as they brought him in paper, he began to write some of these letters to the churches to encourage them. 
And then one day, you know, he's looking out from his, his jail cell and he sees these guards. And he's like, I'm going to use this as an analogy to write to the church in Ephesus. What an incredible metaphor. Every Ephesian would have known what a Roman soldier looks like and would have been able to make that connection. But you see, more than, more than being a keen observer of the present day context, we have to remember that Paul was a Pharisee of the highest order. And so Paul knew his Bible. And see, when you look back at the prophet Isaiah, you realize that he was actually pulling from somebody who else had already made this metaphor, and that was the prophet Isaiah. Look at what it, what, what it reads. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace. He made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand he hid me. But there is a stark difference between the prophet Isaiah speaking into his time and the apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. And this is what happens is when the prophet Isaiah speaks, he says this. He says, there was no one to intervene with me. Isaiah was by himself. There was no one to intervene. And Paul is now making a charge to the entire community. In Ephesians, it's written to a group of people who are trying to figure out how to do this new life in the world. And, and they are being encouraged to literally take up battle as a body against the cosmic forces that are in this world. This is the question for us today then, church. How are we as a body taking up the full armor of God against the cosmic forces that are in this world. What might influence us to into thinking that would make us a stronger church, better defenses against the cosmic forces, against this present darkness? Maybe something like a, a force field would make us feel like this would make the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church more secure. During the pandemic, maybe we needed to have the right outfit on. Maybe you have been longing for the right leader. This would make us strong. Maybe we just need the right weapons to make us strong and secure. Or maybe all of us just need to have the right computer program. And this will allow us to feel so safe and, and strengthened and emboldened against the enemy. You see, these are all fabulous examples of what can make you feel safe and secure. They really are. But they're only from flesh and blood. Look what verse 12 says. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in need of a new type of strength, and this is what the first century church needed all the way until now. Realizing that our battle, even though it appears to be against flesh and blood, there is something so much bigger going on that is never anything new under the sun. 
Though the decisive battle, I want you to want to be clear, the decisive battle has already been won by God. We know because of that first Easter morning, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The battle has been won, but there is evil because this evil will not go gently into the good night. You've seen it, you see it daily. Those of you that have lived longer than I have, have seen it come back with a different face, a different war, a different sort of violence or antagonism or exclusion. There is nothing new under the sun. And this evil, you need to know, it is not made of flesh and blood. It is something cosmic. It's almost too big for us to wrap our minds around. And Paul reminds us that this indeed, this is at work, this force, a force beyond mere flesh and blood that cannot be battled with anything of this world. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. The Greek word that's used there for devil is diabolos. It sounds like how we would say it in Spanish, diablo. In Hebrew, it's hasatan, where we get Satan from, the accuser. This is the same word, diabolos, that is used in the Gospels when Jesus goes out into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil for 40 days. It's the same word. It is that force, that being that is in opposition to God. It's what comes up against God. Y'all remember last week, especially kiddos, do y'all remember how, how Tate led us to have Elijah draw what the Bible had Jesus, said Jesus looked like? And how she kind of let us know that the Bible's not really clear? What do you think the devil looks like? Because the Bible's not clear about it. There is nothing in scripture that describes to us what the devil looks like. If you have that image of like a masculine figure with horns and a pitchfork, that comes from a mix of Greek mythology and, and tradition and Disney. <laughs> now, while Satan is described as a dragon or a serpent, the beast, in the book of Revelation, there is never anything about the color the gender, the weaponry. And so what has resulted is a Disney version. It's something that we can easily imagine. And you know what C.S. Lewis said has been the downfall is that these images of the devil have made it seem comical. And because it's been comical, we haven't taken it seriously. Because it's easier to, to grapple with something that's in the other world that seems cosmic. It's easier just to boil it down to a red, red costumed person in, in, with horns and a pitchfork. The Diabolos, Satan, evil, it is real. It is real and it always has been and, and we need to take it seriously because its purpose is to come up against the church. You see, this is what we know. This is what we know from the moment that Jesus started walking this earth. When Jesus started walking this earth, it became very evident that there was forces that were against him. 
Constant battle. And for some crazy reason, after Jesus ascended to heaven, he decided to let the church be his hands and feet on this earth. And so therefore, we too are constantly in a battle, not against flesh and blood, a cosmic otherworldly force that is trying to trip us up. Now I know that it is easy to consider faith mine or yours, my faith, and to identify as a Christian within myself. I go to church, I study the Bible, I give of my time, I give 10%, God willing, of my income, I serve those that are on the margins. But Ephesians is not a letter written to individuals. It's not about individuals being guarded with new armor. No, we are being encouraged as a community of faith that we have a calling. There is something that we as a body need to take very seriously with greater conviction than we do the Super Bowl, with greater passion than we do our kids' activities or our hobbies, with greater attention than any of the vocations or jobs that we toil for day after day. We must take up the full armor of God to withstand the evil that will continue. In the book, Screwtape Letters, I highly recommend it. If you have not read this, you can read it in one night. It's a very approachable book. Parents, you can read this with your kids, I'd say as young as second or third grade. And it is C.S. Lewis, and he does this, he has a head demon training up a younger demon, the bad guys. The enemy in this book is actually God and Christians. And there's this haunting scene where Screwtape is riding to Wormwood, and he tells him, do not try to attack them when they are going through crisis. In fact, the enemy knows that is when they most likely lean on him. And then he says this, a moderated religion is as good for us as no religion at all. And it's more amusing. What Screwtape is trying to tell Wormwood is all you have to do is make them not care. To make them go through the motions, to make them think that evil, it's not really a battle we're in. We have a secret weapon against this, friends. And Paul does not want us to forget we do not want to forget what this secret, secret weapon is that holds all of that armor together. It is the thing that the enemy of God can never take away from a body of believers, and that is this 618. Pray in the spirit at all times with every prayer and supplication. Pray in the spirit at all times with every prayer and supplication. This is what the church has that makes our shoes of peace lace up tightly. This is what the church has that makes our belts of truth fastened securely. It makes our faith shielded and our salvation secure. Praying, 
praying in the spirit does this. And not as an individual, but knowing, my gosh, we have this community that is praying together towards something. And keep in mind, he is telling the church to pray, not just the individuals within it, but the body. And so that is what we are going to do. I want you to take out your phones. Now. If you don't have a phone, I want you to grab a piece of paper in front of you and a pencil. Go to your clock or where you set an alarm, and I want you to set your alarm for 6.18, either a.m. or p.m., depending on if you are a morning or evening person, or both if you are type A. <laughs> and this is what we're going to do. We are going to pray as a community of faith every single day at 6.18 a.m. or p.m. until Easter morning, March 31st. And we, will all, we won't always be praying for the same thing. I hope this is something we can do long into the future. But in this particular time, we are going to pray for something that I know affects every single person in this room. And it's coming too much to the surface too often. And I'm so tired of the news talking about it and no one doing anything. And you know what? It's a power against not flesh and blood. And that is this. We are going to pray for those in our lives who are battling mental illness. We are going to come together as a body at 618 and we are going to implore before the Lord. I want those faces of those people that you know and the faces of the people that you don't know. And I want you just, we are going to beg God that they would not feel alone, that they would seek help, that they would reach out for, for somebody else so that they know that they are not alone. When we pray in the spirit at all times with every prayer and supplication, we get armor. It secures us against these evil forces. The book of Ephesians has given us guidance how to do life in this new year. We can live encouraged by the way that God is at work in our lives. Indeed, God is at work even if it seems like the contrary. We have new love because we realize that love is best realized through community. We have new peace, a peace that allows us to be in community and relationship and fellowship with people, especially other Christians who don't do life the same way as us. And we have a new way to speak to one another, a way that, that we can build one another up, especially when we do not agree and we have new wisdom, eyes wide open, alert and humble. And today, friends, we have new strength. The prayers of this community will make a difference. May it be so in my life and in yours.